the 19th Hole Podcast presented by Golf Talk Live and brought to you by Perfect Practice Putting Mat, Yips, and Survivor Golf Tee. How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Golf Talk Live. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. And Phil is in the news once again, folks, for all the reasons without his golf clubs. But we're going to get to that in a little bit. This is Alan DePew. You have found Golf Talk Live podcast. And I am joined with our uh, expert panel once again. Joining me from Trident Golf Club, home of our podcast. Boston Bob Baldessari returns. Greetings, yes. I've been on the back nine for a few days. <laughs> Joining us and keeping things good, moving along, Andy Hydorn. Hello, Andy. Hello, gentlemen. Looking forward to another episode. Absolutely. And the prettiest podcaster in golf, Christian Nazamus. He's back from Hilton Head. I'm sure we'll chat about that, won't we, son? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and Bob, we have a special guest. I'll give you the honors. We do have a very special guest. And, uh, you know, I'm, I have the book from my meeting when I first met my friend Stephen. I've got the notes in front of me. I, I showed this to Stephen Yellen recently. Uh, February 7th, 2013, in my office at PJ headquarters is when Stephen came in and showed me his manuscript on what became Fluid Motion Factor, the book. And since then, he's written the book Simplicity. He's done an amazing, amazing uh, job. And, and you had said to me, it's not what you think, it's how you think. And I'm going to turn it over to Stephen Yellen so he can take us through um, the amazing brilliance he's done, really, with helping people of all ages, abilities, uh, certainly tour players, uh, to find their, their quiet place um, to play better golf. Thanks, Bob. I didn't realize 2013, and what is that, nine years ago? Oh, my goodness. So, you know, there's an unanswered question not only in golf, but in all sports. And the question is very simple. How is fluid motion produced and why does it break down? And unless a coach, a player, a commentator, an author can answer that question from a very fundamental level, and the level is based on neurophysiology because it's processes in the mind that, that control the swing, then they're gonna be searching for the rest of their life. And they're going to be switching and changing. And, um, you know, it's an endless maze and it's an endless puzzle. About 15, 20 years ago, I had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with a neuroscientist who worked with two Olympic teams, Norway and Denmark, the winter teams, which probably are two of the top winter Olympic teams in the world. And um, he told me one thing that um, completely... Um, turn my understanding of sports upside down. And then we discussed the second question that I just posed, how is fluid motion produced and why does it break down? And he said to me, he said, you know, Stephen, once you have grooved emotion, any motion, and the key word obviously is grooved, that motion cannot break down. What breaks down is the ability to access what you already own. 
And it took me about a day to understand the ramifications. But when I understood the ramifications, I said, this turns everything upside down. This changes everything. Because I will tell you quite unequivocally that every single shot that every player that's playing this week on the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour, or just about any golfer in the world doesn't know this. And they are trying to recreate the swing on every shot. They are living in checklist city. And when they miss a shot, of course, they go to the swing, which is the wrong place to go because muscle memory doesn't break down. What breaks down is the ability to access it. And then Dr. Travis and I went over sort of the rules of the bank of what they are of accessing um, your money in the bank, your swings. And the rules are the same for everybody. Doesn't matter if it's John Rahm or it's John West. If, if they have a groove motion and they miss a shot, they, when I say miss a shot, they swing poorly. Well, of course something happened during the swing. That's why the shot wasn't ex <coughs> excuse me, executed. But that's not the issue because anything can happen during the swing, if you violate the rules of the bank, you're, you're too far on the inside, you're too far on the outside, you're too shallow, you're too steep, transition wasn't good, you didn't find a good slot coming down, you didn't square it at impact, you stayed too much on your right foot. These are all byproducts of violating the rules of the bank to get your money that you have worked very hard over the years to deposit. So when Fred told me that, I said, oh my goodness, this, 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 this one fact can turn the whole golfing, not only the whole golfing kingdom upside down, but the whole sporting world upside down. So over uh, a long period of time, uh, a lot of it working at David Ledbetter's Academy in Orlando, working with some very fine players that some of you all of you who know some of these names, I developed a simple program that allows golfers to access what they already own. The program is really, really simple as Bob and Andy know because they've been exposed to it. And it essentially sets up by design, by design, what golfers normally experience by chance when they play their best. And it has nothing to do with sports psychology. So, Steve, let me let me jump in for one second, because I, as you mentioned, Andy and Bob are already you know keenly aware of it. I was on your website looking at it. You're right. Talk about some guys, people that you've worked with. Gabby Lopez. I'm really big on Gabby Lopez. I love her game. I love where I think she can go. But for for our listeners, break it, I guess, even simplify it even further. Is it the psychology or or, or is it the no. No, psych there's no psychology involved. Okay. Okay. So I'll break it down, right? So golf is all about motion. Motion is all about the muscles. Where's the operating system of the muscles? Well, it's in the brain. It's not in the muscles. So when someone has a good ball striking day, they can control the distance on their wedges, on their putts. They're finding the center of the club face. They have good tempo. They have good positions. During the swing, something must have happened in the brain physiology that allowed that to happen, right? When that same player who shot a 64, 65 
goes out and shoots a 75 or a 76. Can't find a swing. Tempo is off. I mean, I've seen some unbelievably poor shots on TV over the past few weeks from the best players in the world. Something must have happened in their brain physiology. This is not sports psychology. This is neurophysiology. So there's one process in the brain that when you access, the body is free to do what it wants to do. The only problem is you never know when you're going to access it. You know, you never know how long it's going to last. And when it leaves, you're clueless to look to where to get it back. So I'll describe this process for you. It's very simple. To generate a motion, any motion, whether it's motion of walking across the street or motion of hitting a golf ball, you have to generate a signal, an intention in the brain. Now, there are two parts of the brain that are interesting in producing motion. One is the prefrontal cortex, which is the front of the frontal part of the brain. It oversees all processes in the brain. It's also called the CEO of the brain because it oversees all processes. And the second part of the brain is the motor system. Now, when you see someone just stripe that ball and it's just silky smooth tempo and it's right down the pipe, during the 1.5 seconds it takes to generate that golf swing, that signal bypasses the prefrontal cortex, which is also the intellect. It's the discriminating intellect. It goes right to the motor system and it's the motor system which communicates with the body to produce motion. The problem occurs, and it's a huge problem, is when the prefrontal cortex or the intellect goes online. It means you're thinking a lot. The signal is delayed, moving to the motor system. Of course, this is happening in microseconds. In the middle of the motion, the body is looking for direction. There's too many processes going on in the mind. And that's when the bulkier core muscles dominate the motion and anything can happen. Essentially, you go into crisis management. So the question that should be asked, which I will ask, is what environment does the brain physiology have to exist in, in order to, I call it the fluid motion factor, this process, to access the fluid motion factor? And now we're getting to answer your question. So, so Stephen, let me just stop you there for a second. So yeah. I, I think there's, there's two pieces to, to what you do, right? The first part is, is understanding the analytical part of, of what's going on. And I think once somebody's exposed to fluid motion, then they understand, yeah, that's happened to me. I've felt it happen to me. I know it happens to me under duress or, or, in, or in many different circumstances, right? I think that's part of it. Without the second part, it's just information. And the Correct. second part to Correct. me is why everybody should buy your book because right. you give them exercises and, and procedures so that they can go ahead and, and bypass that prefrontal cortex. Correct. And, and get to the point where you're relying on the things that you already own. Correct. There are two parts of the program. I just gave you a brief, very brief overview of the first part is that you should understand what happens when you play your best golf because it's the same processes for all golfers. But to get back to the more practical part of the program. So the question has to be asked, what environment does the brain physiology has, has to exist in in order for you to access this fluid motion factor? And the environment can be described and summarized in one word, essentially, wholeness. The brain physiology was designed and created to create fluid motion when it experiences 
a threshold level of wholeness. Now, wholeness is a very abstract term, so let's make it concrete. Someone's behind the ball and they're setting up their shot and they have to take into consideration all the elements of the shot. They're a good player, right? The lie, the wind, the temperature, where they are on the round, what club they want to hit, how they want to hit it, um, how they want to shape it. Do they want to be conservative? Do they want to be aggressive? And let's say that we're going to make a golf smoothie. We're going to put all of these elements into a blender. And there could be five or six or seven elements, depending on the situation. Now, right before you pull the trigger, that microsecond right before you pull the trigger, if something starts pulsating over something else, don't hit it left, don't hit it right, get the club in this position, get it close, have good tempo, smooth, easy takeaway. So if anything is pulsating over anything else, you haven't made a smoothie. You have not made a smoothie. And if you have not made a smoothie, meaning that all the parts are inter, intermingled there without anything dominating over anything else, and you pull that trigger, and you do not have a threshold level of wholeness when you pull that trigger, at that point in time, you were sitting and you swing at that point in time, you are sitting at the blackjack table at the Bellagio, and you really have no idea what card you're going to get. Because the brain physiology, essentially, the cerebellum, which is the motherboard of the motherboard, which sinks the swing, smooths out a swing, self-corrects the swing, cannot operate correctly. And because these subtle processes cannot operate correctly, the body almost becomes spastic because there's not, there's not a sufficient flow of intelligence between the mind and the body. So anything can happen during the swing. So when you see a guy like um, Cameron Smith on 16, hit a dead left, okay? There's only one reason why he hit a dead left, is he broke wholeness during the swing. So the swing could not be synced. And, and this is for all, all golfers, regardless of their level, again, and uh, uh, they have to have a groove motion. So what I teach essentially to answer your question is I teach golfers how to experience a threshold level of wholeness during the swing that will allow the swing to be synced. That's very interesting. Uh, actually, Steve, I have a question for you. Um, you know, so... I like your analysis on Cameron Smith, um, first and foremost, but really quick. So how would you um, differentiate the difference between like fluid motion as well as um, like muscle memory, like when you're playing in the zone? Muscle memory, first of all, doesn't break down. As I said previously, what breaks down is the ability to access what you already own. Now, when someone's in the zone, it's a neurophysiological experience because it's the brain that controls the body. So think of it as if you have a Ferrari and it's got 12 cylinders and you're only using six or seven or eight cylinders usually. And all of a sudden you wake up and you're using all 10, 10 or 12 cylinders and you're shooting your 62 or 63 or 64. It's not like all of a sudden you added extra cylinders to the Ferrari. No, you just access what this Ferrari already had. So when someone does shoot lights out or someone plays exceptional in any sport, 
during the motion, the, the, it's, it's the same because fluid motion is produced identically for everybody. The prefrontal cortex or the intellect goes online and that signal moves like lightning to the motor system. The motor system is immediately, instantly communicating with the body to produce fluid motion. And if you do that consistently enough, you're going to be in the zone. So Stephen, the, uh, let's talk for a second about um, Ricky Fowler now, Jordan Spieth two years ago. Explain, explain to us and the listeners well, you know, Andy, from, from a standpoint of fluid motion, what's going on there. And Andy, before, before we jump to that, because those guys, you know, they're, they're, they chop it anymore. Just, just kidding. So just kidding. Steven, let me break it down because my game has gone to hell over the years, except for when I stand up on the seventh hole. Are you saying that, that you're, you're in fluid motion I find myself nine times out of 10, it's a two-tiered green. I'm like just pumping in the middle of the green and I don't think about anything else. I don't think about the fact that it's back right pin placement. I'm putting where I'm just, I'm just letting my swing be my swing. Is you that, is me. it? You tell me. Well, I don't think about anything else. Case closed. You keep, you're keeping your head down and left arm straight. Done. Okay, so let me talk about the Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth. You can go down the down the list. Trevor Inleman, Ian Baker Finch, Lee Jansen, David Duvall, all these top players who went south. Jason Day, uh, just about everybody uh, at one point or another, except for maybe, you know, Matt Kuchar is like an ATM machine. But anyway, what happens is – Better becomes the enemy. Better becomes the enemy. So Jordan Speed and Jason Day, they wanted 10 or 15 more yards. Ricky Fowler, we talk about Ricky Fowler. But what happens is they go to a swing coach. And the swing coach says, Jordan, you know what? We're going to work. I don't know if he was, you know, with Cameron at the time, McCormick or not. We're going to work on, you want to get 10 or 15 more yards? Okay, we have to get in this position. Whatever the position is, doesn't matter. So what happens is that position becomes the star of the show. So he's hitting, you know, 100, 200, 500 balls a day. And all he's thinking is if I can get the hands, the club, the body in this position, then all the dominoes are going to fall, fall in a row and I'll be fine. So that position becomes the star of the show. It becomes the star of the show on the range. It becomes the star of the show in a practice round. And it becomes the star of the show when the rubber meets the road. And because it becomes the star of the show, right before they're pulling the trigger, what do you think is pulsating in their little brain physiology? That move. And that move prevents them from having any kind of wholeness before they swing, during the swing, so the swing does not become synced. They lose their timing. Timing is controlled by the cerebellum. Timing can only be experienced when there's a threshold level of wholeness. Now, I'll tell you a story. Lee Jansen. Lee Jansen was a flipper of the club. He was a two-time U.S. Open Players' Champion, eight-time PGA Tour winner of a flipper of the club. 
some very well-known pro, which I won't mention, got into his head and said, Lee, you're a flipper. You stop flip, flipping and you have more of a traditional swing. Who knows how many majors you can win? This was after the 98 Open at Olympia, okay? After he won the U.S. Open. Well, he bit the bullet. He bit the, 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 the poison apple. Lee never won again. His timing was shot. He it never won again. The last time, I think he won three or four years ago on, on the Champions Tour, you know, 20 years later or how many years later. And this is what happens. Correct me if I'm wrong, Andy. Every single instructor on this planet needs to learn this program so they can teach players when they do make changes how to still, still experience the threshold level of wholeness. Yeah, right. That that is the unicorn, right? Because generally speaking, not everybody has as much money in the bank as Lee Jansen does. So they have to build their golf game um, and build their golf swing and their technique. So the the next step in the development of Stephen Yellen's genius is coming up with with a program for instructors to be able to to know how to get their students to make changes and work on things and, and do all of that while still being able to have access to, to fluid motion. Listen, you can't access what you don't already own. So you may not have $10,000 in the bank. You may have $2,000 or $1,500 or $3,000. But when you tee it up, you want to access that $2,500 or that $3,000. So it's not just for instructors, obviously, it's for players. I mean, I just gave a clinic at a, a really good muni here in Vero Beach, Sandridge. Bob knows it, I believe, to nine players. Honestly, I'm going to be humble about this. It blew their minds. They could not believe it. Now, I had two instructors uh, watching, the instructors that are going through the Fluid Motion Factor Certification Program. They were shaking their heads within five minutes because all of a sudden, you see the timing, it's the timing. All of a sudden the parts start to get synced. Now we're talking about 12, 14, 18, 24 handicapped players. We are not talking about scratch golfers here. We're not talking about players as good as, you know, as, good as Andy that, that have a lot more money in the bank, but they do have money in the bank. They have hit shots where if they, they, they say, if I can only do that more consistent, I'm going to be in good shape. And they um, so they're able they were able to access what they already own. And, and, and if you ask them, if you ask a 14 handicapped golfer, if you could access what you already own on a consistent basis, 95 to 100 percent of the time, they're going to say, yes, I, I will be very happy because they know they're limited. They're not pros. They're not going to stripe the ball. They don't hit, they don't carry a 280, 290 or whatever. So that's the story, Morning Glory. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, Stephen, can you, uh, before we wind down this segment, can you give everybody um, an opportunity to know where it is they can see you in person, where they can uh, buy your, your book and, and be exposed to some of the best help that they'll ever get for their golf games? Thank you. Appreciate that, Andy. Yes, my, my website is fluidmotiongolf.com. 
It's one word, fluidmotiongolf.com. I do have an online program uh, and different segments, different variations of that program. I would suggest you start um, by buying my book, Simplicity. It's called Simplicity, and it's available on Amazon. I think it'll really open up your eyes. There's three ways to learn the program. You can learn it through the book. You can learn it through a video series. But if you really want to take it to the next level, I need to see you in person and see your body language during the swing. So I live in Vero Beach. It's absolutely one of the nicest places in the country to live. And you can come and visit me anytime. And again, my contact information is on my website. Stephen, we can have them come down to Trident Golf Club. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they can stay. They can stay at Club Med, beautiful facility. Uh, have a wide variety of activities, and absolutely, they can go through the program at Club Med in Port St. Lucie. Steve, really appreciate you coming on. I, I know the uh, the listeners' insight. I'm I'm actually wanting to hit golf balls right now. <laughs> I want to see if I can uh, if I can find some fluid motion. Appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. I'm gonna, here's my opportunity. I'm gonna I'm gonna go right there. I'm going with Sam Burns. Okay. Maybe I should ask this question to Steven. I thought he was in total control at the Players Championship. I think he he chopped it in the fourth round. Maybe he got out of his comfort zone. I don't know. Lost his fluid motion. But you can't deny, Andy, who picked him? Who picked him at the Valspar? Let me see. There's Just a guy. There's a guy that keeps chirping about Sam Burns. <laughs> you right, get the, the props. Truth, you get the now, props for that one, Alan. Now, tr- truth, Christian, I think I sent it around in our little group text, but folks, I, I literally said Sam Burns. I'm going to be a man where puts his money's where uh, puts his money where his mouth is, and I had said Sam Burns is going to repeat. He's going to win the Valspar again, and. I was going to go on to FanDuel, not plugging them, uh, but I went on. To, was going to go on there, and I was going to put just five bucks on him. He was going off at plus twenty two hundred. I forget to do it. I go on it Thursday at like eleven. He's down to plus five hundred, and my five dollar bet made me thirty. <laughs> Would have been a nice thousand, Christian. Would have been perfect, perfect amount of money for a golf trip, Alan. It would have been a perfect amount of, to try it in golf club. Well, just saying. You can bring both your sons, literally. I could. I could. And my and my and my and my adopted son, Christian. Absolutely. <laughs> and to go right through a Stephen Yellen fluid motion seminar clinic. There you go. So so in that case, Andy, I'm gonna just say don't be that guy. If you get to get <laughs> don't don't be me. If you were going to be that guy. <laughs> okay, so so it's a perfect segue. See how into, I did that there? See how yeah, I laid that out? And just, that, that was good. I teed it up, golf term. Perfect segue into our new feature, which is called Don't Be That Guy. Um, and every week we're going we're gonna to go around the table here and, and talk about all the things that we see people doing that make us all scratch our heads and... and uh, so we're going to kick off. Don't be that guy this week. Um, and I'm going to start and, and I'm going to start with something that, that for me is, is a, a huge pet peeve. And, and I don't know what happened during COVID, but it seems like a lot of the people, a lot of the players out there 
all of a sudden think that they don't have to rake bunkers anymore. Um, and it's really, really frustrating for, for everybody, for all the other players on the golf course. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to one-up myself here because I think everybody knows that, look, if you're out playing golf, you need to rake your bunker. You need to leave it in better condition than it was when you got there. Um, and, and just the cherry on top here is that when you do rake a bunker, just, just take an extra second to do a good job of it. I mean, there's so many times you see people just slam the rake in there, push the sand around, and it's almost as bad as being in the footprint. So for me, don't be that guy. Rake you your bunkers and don't do be a that good guy. job. Christian, don't be – well, Christian never hits it in a bunker anyway, so don't be that guy. <laughs> Actually, I do have to turn it back. Let's go, One more thing about Valspar. Great theater, I think, this past week on, on the PGA Tour, Bobby, don't you think? I mean, it was a great duel right down the – I feel for Davis Riley in, the, in his, uh, his eight, I think it was, on the front nine. But you saw so many good things. I mean, JT was right there. Neesmith was right there. But Sam Burns, I mean, once again, I'm plugging Sam Burns. He did pull it out. I mean, Bobby, got any thoughts on Valspar before we move on to the Dell match play? I thought it was very good theater. I thought that course setup was great. Conditions were wonderful. The scoring was excellent. I was really impressed with Davis Riley coming back from that eight. That had to be, you know, when I see that happen, and I've known, obviously, Stephen Yellen for many years, I, I, I wonder, I'd like to be sitting next to Stephen when he watches one of those. Like, he'd be a great – color analyst, uh, but for him to come back and play so steady on the back nine, there were some good interviews at the end. Uh, I think John Wood had with him as far as finding his driver and getting it in play. And um, that was a heck of a putt Sam Burns made to win it. I mean, it was just, I thought it was really just, yeah, it was like you said, great theater. And um, can I chime in with a don't be that guy of my own? If you'd like, yeah. Yeah, I've got one here. Well, um, as we talked before, we all have a thousand of these, but um, I'm struck when I'm in the golf shop and we're on the course giving some lessons and this and that. And people always say, you know, I fixed dozens and dozens of ball marks and divots. I wish everybody else did. Well, every golfer I've met says the same thing. So if every golfer I've ever met is fixing dozens of ball marks and divots, everybody tells me they do that, then we shouldn't have a problem. But yet when I play and give on course lessons and this and that, I just don't see that happening. So, um, it's just, it's just interesting. I think the sentiment is there to keep the course in nice condition. People just don't forget about it. Um, I do want to get going on some other things as we move this segment along. I, I'm glad Andy came up with it. Don't be that guy because I think we'll be able to fill a few hours there. Well, I'll tell you what, Christian, do be, do be Christian because, I mean, it must be nice to get out of the cold and of, of northern New York and down to play a little golf in Hilton Head. Would you like to report on anything? You want to give chime in so anybody can, anybody out there looking for a little golf trip while you're out there while we're all slaving at work? Yeah, I mean, Hilton Head is the uh, is the spot to go. Um, so many great golf courses down there. I don't know if you've ever been, Alan, or, or Andy or Bob, but it's uh, – it's beautiful down there. Um, it's like my second home pretty much. I've been going there since I was arguably, I think eight, nine years old. Um, didn't bring my clubs though. I had my dad's clubs, So I was using my hammy downs is what I, I always call them, but I put up a round of 37 and 74. So I'm not really complaining too much. No mulligans. Solid. So the swing felt great. And, um, you know, best part of my game was putting shockingly. 
were you were you perfect segue were you using the perfect practice putting mat you know i didn't bring mine down with me because mine technically is still in your office in pennsylvania which this I is true but yet. the perfect practice putting mat can be rolled up they do have the travel version as well as the 15 foot version both of which you can find at perfect practice stuff uh perfect practice putting mats um online and uh yeah so that's all i got to say can I, can I just make one quick correction for Christian there? If 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 your dad's using your old clubs, they're hand-me-ups, not hand-me-downs. <laughs> hand-me-ups, you're right. <laughs> That's okay, Christian. Last week I was aiming at quadrants and there was three of them. So <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, Dell match play. Bobby, what are you thinking? Uh, I... I'm not thinking. <laughs> I don't. I haven't even looked at the field yet. Oh. Um, but I think what I do know is I should uh, text you after the show and figure out who you're picking, because now you're sort of like uh, I don't know. You're you're Notre our Thomas. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm going to tell. You, I, I'm going. I'm going to go. I'm going to go out there. Here. Here we go. Let's just chime into that segment. The Dell match play. I love it. Little deviation. Match play format. They changed it up and did the pool play for the group so that because the, the guys wanted to not just go there for one day and get eliminated many years ago in the in the early uh, early days of this format. But I have I have two and I'll, before I before I will finalize it. Let me tell you what I'm thinking, guys. I'm thinking Scotty Scheffler. He was playing basically the entire team Europe in his bracket in group uh big texan swinging the club well i i I like him being back down in austin uh and my other one i and this is the guy i'm leaning towards i think jt gets it done this week if i'm gonna by the way i am gonna put my money on jt i will i will like i said man my word i'll put my money on him if jt can get out of his group because the kids factor He's got to play Kisner. Yeah, he's strong. Honestly, if, Kiz, he's in Kiz is coming out of my bracket on that on that field right there. He's gonna upset JT this week. All right. Well, I got JT, so I'm going with JT. All right, all right. I'm shocked you didn't pick our boy. I actually I, I'm just gonna go right into it. I picked Victor Hovland to win it this week. Not gonna happen, but go ahead. Not gonna happen. He's my well, boy, but he's not gonna make putts. He's not gonna make it happen. Make putts this week. He is gonna make putts. Not a chance. 100%. Scotty Scheffler not going back to the championship can promise you that. Wow. Andy? No chance. Now, I, I, look, this is such a hard tournament to pick, and, and it's, it's a testimony to the depth of the PGA Tour, right? I mean, if you look at the, the NCAA basketball tournament, you know, there might be maybe eight or nine teams that can win it, right? If you look at this field, and it's impossible pick who's coming out of each group just because they were talking on the golf channel alex noren is is like the the lowest ranked player in his group and he could easily come out of his group and it's just so hard but it seems like there's guys every year that are pretty good match players and kisner certainly is one of those you know i know kuchar's game is not really where it's been lately but he's always performed well there so I don't know. There's a weird dynamic to match play that that plays a part in, in this. And, you know, Ian Poulter being a great putter, you know, he's had some success in this thing, too. So I'm punting and picking Kisner. 
Wait a minute. You're <laughs> so we have Kisner, JT, both coming out of the same group. Hovland, although you like K or Kisner. Bob, can you find any other groups? Oh, I've got plenty of other groups, not just those. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I I'm kind of liking Kisner. He, you know, there are some players that do thrive in match play. They thrive in that environment. They thrive the one-on-one. And um Kisner's always been one of those. And he I there's just something, do you know his you know, his comments at the players championship? He he got in the bad draw. Um I think he was rankled about what happened and he fought back. And I think he's, uh, you know, you look at some tour players as they start to rise and start to play pretty well. Scheffler's been there. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised to see Kisner whatsoever. I might have to do a $5 one on him for sure. Okay. Uh, hey, I, I am, I'm saying JT, but I did preference him by saying if he can get out of his own bracket. So there you go. You, just, you're the one who always has success picking people. So, <laughs> no. Not really. I'm going to go on an odd note here really quick and just say my, my two major upsets this week are I'm going to have Tom Hogue upsetting Scotty Scheffler. That's my upset of the week. Tom Hogue, how good of a season he's actually had this year. And I'm going to have Taylor Gooch beat Bryson, Westwood, and Richard Bland to come out of that bracket. That part, uh, actually, honestly, Christian, I could support that one. It, I I think if if you would ask, you know, a hundred sports writers or golf writers, I I think Taylor Gooch is not even an upset. He's the one who I, should yeah. come out of that group. I think that favorites him big time. And depending yeah. who comes out of the out of the DJ bracket, I could see Max Homa coming out of DJ's bracket because DJ hasn't really been playing well as of late. Minus a sixty three at at Sawgrass, but. Hasn't really had a DJ type of season that we're all used to seeing. Matt Wolf's been playing like garbage all year. I, I mean, tr- truth is, I don't think Bryson's playing if the if the Masters is another two weeks. No. He's just trying to get some swings in. Well, of course. Yeah. He's not, he has no expectation of winning this week, I don't think. Right. At, at all. I don't I don't even have John Rahm coming out of his his own bracket. I have Patrick Reed. Has a, here's the guy who makes all kinds of putts and he hasn't been putting well this year. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of upsets this year. Like I can see Paul Casey going far. I thought um, I thought Casey as well. Shane Lowry can go very far this year. I mean, Brooks is ever since Brooks dyed his hair, he's been playing the crap. But he looks, but he looks good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not not as he good looks, as you. You look better, obviously. Not as good as you, but he yeah, looks good. I mean, that's you, a given. You, now, you know so. who he won't? You know who he won't see how good he looks? Phil Mickelson. Mm-hmm. Nope. Phil. Is taking his name off the list of champ, former champions to play at Augusta. Bobby, you got any thoughts on it? Yeah, it's um, I'm, my gut feeling was probably you know he probably got a letter or call from Augusta that just said uh, we'd appreciate you not uh, being around this year. And I mean, there's so many, there's so much purity up at Augusta, and I just don't think they wanted to have to deal with anything. Maybe there's other other things behind the scenes, but. And Bobby froze again. <laughs> well, no, he just was segueing to you, Andy. Yeah. What's, okay. your, th- what's your thoughts? Per- on perfect segue. Yeah. Um, no, I, I was kind of right there with Bobby in the sense that I, I think that, that, you know, probably Phil was, it wasn't his decision that he was, he was given that, that option as his only option. 
Um, wow. Yeah, that's what I think. Really? Yep. Christian, are you going to jump on this conspiracy bandwagon? It's tough to say, personally. I think Phil understood that he made a mistake, and I think that Phil understood that, um, you know, being a popular figure that he is um, and not being in the in the social media environment the last few months, I, I think, honestly, I think it was Phil's decision to make. I think it was a very tough decision for Phil to make. I think he really had to sit down and, and discuss it with family and friends and his team. Um, but I think it was the best interest of him right now to, to not play just because again, if he did play, he would have had all the questions relating to that. I just think that Phil's trying to put that behind him as well as just really move forward and, uh, you know, go from there. That's going to happen regardless though, no matter when he steps back on the golf course, he's going to face the same thing that he would face if he were he may not be ready. Augusta. He may not be ready yet. Mentally, physically, he may not just be ready to play in the tournament. And I know it's the masters and I know it's the biggest tournament arguably of the year. Um, but you know, I, I think he's, I, I personally think he's making the right decision by not playing. I, I did see that there was one name that wasn't on that list. Yeah. Interesting. Right. I was just actually going to pose that question. Hasn't, hasn't decommitted, hasn't committed. There's a name that's just missing. Yes, there is. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play also. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to try to give it a go. And if, if he doesn't, if he makes it two rounds, then he makes it two rounds. Then he'll have to withdraw. But I think he'll be there Thursday for the opening tee shot. Bobby? Is there, are you talking TW? We're yeah. definitely talking TW. I thought you talking Andy Hydorn because Andy's been playing well. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was just trying to find a caddy for up there. Uh uh, you know, 50-50, I, I didn't think he'd give it a go. I just think uh, he's got the Nicholas thing in him that he really wants to feel like he can at least feel like he can win when he steps on the first tee, and maybe he doesn't feel that way yet. Yeah, and, I, and I, I'll just add to that that every time I've seen him talk about it, you know, he talks about the ability to walk, right? And, and I know I've had, I've had five ankle surgeries in the last four years. I know what he's talking about. And at the end of the day, Augusta is a really hard golf course to walk. Um, and if he's not ready to walk a golf course, then as much as he probably wants to play, I bet, I bet that's going to be the thing that stops him. Well, I, I think he plays. <laughs> I, I really do. I think he does. I mean, I realized that uh, walking into his Hall of Fame induction was on level concrete, but um, he looked a lot more limber than the last time we saw him really out in public. And uh, we all know the game's going to be there. It may not be to the level of, you know, a multi-time Masters champion, but I think I think it's important for Tiger to, to get back to Augusta. And if there's one golf course that he can – get around it it's augusta i mean the guy the guy knows it probably as well as any of the champions there you know i was quite, i was watching a replay the golf channel had on the other night when he had that chip in on 16 i, I hadn't watched that in a long time that was still blowing my mind crazy That's right cool. i saw i saw it pop up on social media today insane it just yeah. really is amazing yep 
one of many amazing Tiger moments, though, right? This is true. Yeah. All right, 18th hole, putting the flag in. Final thoughts, Mr. Heidorn? Well, my final thought is it's about time that the Corn Ferry Tour got back into the swing of things. You know, they have this weird gap in their schedule from like the middle of February to the middle of March. There's nothing. Um, and they teed it up last week um, for the first time in a month. And it's good to see them back back in the swing of things. Bobby? It's just nice that... Uh... Augusta's coming around. It's uh, even if you're down south or no matter where you are, it, it really is that official sort of kickoff to the golf season. And then we get these majors coming up each month. So uh, just it's funny around our club, around tried the last few days, people are already starting to talk about Augusta now. Christian? I love that smile, Alan. Um, no, guys, I say it every week, you know, please continue to uh, follow us on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, any comments you guys have moving forward that we are critiquing us on how to get better or anything that we can do to, to put a smile on your face to really bring you guys great content every week. Um, that's why we're doing this. That's hopefully you guys are following along on the journey that we're going to be doing with you guys all throughout 2022 and beyond. Um, I've mentioned it so many times before, but we have so many great things planned for you guys this year that we're going to be introducing very soon. Um, no golf game is better than Alan DePew. At the end of the day, he's just got, you know, the best driver swing I've ever seen in my entire life. The dude's got a short game like no other. And uh, just, uh, he's just an all around great guy. You know, You're, you really want me to bring that perfect practice. <laughs> oh, bad. So badly. <laughs> you know, you need to come up here and see and see Andrew and I, we have to play some golf. So, we do. Yeah. We we absolutely do. I've I've actually got three points. One, Christian, I'm glad you're back, so I don't have to do the plug on for social media. Two, Stephen Yellen, thank you so much for joining us again. Fluid motion golf. I feel motivated to actually go out and see if I can find my wholeness because my game is lost, despite what Christian says. And uh, final thought after that is, Bob, you need new internet. I do. <laughs> I'm right on it. I'm on it. Christian, Mr. Elliott couldn't get it done last week. Hit it long and straight because it beats you hitting it short and crooked. You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30 plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan DePew, today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.